0: Let's just bow our heads here for a little second. Father, we thank you that you are accomplishing your purposes in the earth. Father, that we read in the Psalms that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And Father, we pray that that would be not just something which we see in part, but Father, something which we see in its entirety. Father, where every single person is yours. Father, we that your kingdom purposes would be accomplished in this world. Father, we pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done. And Father, we pray that we would be the people who you used to do that. Father, we thank you that you are at work in this world. And Father, we just pray that that working in this area would increase. Father, we pray that we as your church would give ourselves to all that you would say and do. Father, for your heart, your plans, and your purpose pray that we would give ourselves over to that. And Father, we pray that there would be a new thing rise within us, Father, a boldness, Father, uh, just a desire to reach out and to reach up and to see this society that we live in changed for Jesus. So Father, we pray accomplish your purposes in our lives as individuals and as a church, but Father, also across this area and this country. Father, we pray that as we turn to your word that you would speak to us. May our hearts be open to hear. May our hearts be like fertile soil, ready to receive uh, good seeds from your word. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So, if you want to read... Uh, in the Bible and open it up, then it's Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18. We're going to read through those uh, today. They will come up on the screen as well. And uh, today I want us just to think a little bit about the devil's schemes. We know uh, through the things that we've been looking at so far that the enemy wants to bring disunity, disruption, division. He wants to stop us from achieving our full potential in God. He wants to stop us from even having just kind of like regular things in life that other people enjoy. Uh, and, and let me just say that God's purpose is very, very different for us. He says, I've come to bring you life and life in all its fullness. And so in order to, to really see God's purposes uh, established and come, then we need to really get a hold of these things, which in, in essence are they're simple things but hard to put into practice. So let's read Ephesians chapter 6. Um, I'm kind of been able to recite this in my sleep these days. I read it so much. Um, Ephesians chapter six, reading from verse ten, and it says, "Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power, not in your own strength, but in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes." with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. It's really interesting when it talks about the shield of faith, that it is very specific in how you use the shield of faith. I don't know if you've ever had to use a shield. Josh and I have nerf wars in the house, and he's pretty good at shooting me in places that are really, really sore. And I know what it, what it is like to hold up a shield and to stop those nerf darts from hitting me. You know, fiery little darts of the enemy coming the same way. That It might not be a nerf dart, it's probably a lot worse than that, but he is there to shoot arrows at us and pick us off, and so we need to raise our faith as a shield against those things. Then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Amen incredible words. We need to think about the belt of truth. We need to think about the place of truth in our lives as Christians, because what gets sown into the church, into our hearts and spirits sometimes, is untruth, lies, and we can get caught up with it. We need to think about righteousness, living, holy lies. Nobody is perfect. That's why we depend on God's grace, but we should be coming to a place where we are not maybe sinless, but we sin less, because God gives us the grace, raising that shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Incredible to think that God saved us, and God has given us His purposes and plans. The Word of God, which it says, the sword of the Spirit, that sword which we raise For attack that sword which we read in the temptation of Jesus that he used and we'll think about that uh, next week and then lastly to pray in every circumstance with all sorts of prayers for all sorts of situations and people to pray and why are we thinking about these things We're thinking about these these things because our mission as a church is to be Christ-centered and community-focused, to grow in a relationship with God, and out of that, to begin to reach out into our community with the compassion and the love of Christ. And so we need a good foundation. God is worth more than a six-before-garden shed, isn't he? Remember the message, the six-before-foundation. All you can build in a six before is a garden shed. I think God is challenging us to build something here in the years to come that will bring glory to his name. I look at these cathedrals and uh, you go into them and you just are inspired. Why, some people say, did they go to all that trouble? What a waste of money. They could have used that money to spend on the poor. Rings a bell with a story about Jesus, doesn't it? Is he not worth it? Is he not worthy of the best? And so God is calling us to do something that honors him. And I'm not just talking about a building. I'm talking about the spiritual building, which is the church. This building here has physical foundations, but it also has spiritual foundations of vision and of prayer. And we need to consider the next step. We need to consider the future. This building is not big enough for what is on God's heart. But until God shows us clearly where the new building is, we need to work with the one that we have, and it needs to be upgraded, along with the sound system, wonderful that it was in its day, it's tired and out of date. God is calling us to strengthen the spiritual foundations, the leadership foundations in the church, and that has many implications. He's also calling us to strengthen the foundation of prayer in the church. And we need to consider that in our foundations, and we spoke about this a few weeks back, a number of weeks back, in our foundations as a church, there needs to be that fear of God. There needs to be a place of His presence, a place of prayer and fasting, a place for hearts abandoned in worship, a place for His word, and also a place for fellowship. You know, fellowship is an incredible thing that we take for granted, and we know that we've been out of fellowship when we've not been to church for a while. We can feel that we've been out of fellowship. Something incredible about coming together and worshiping as church. And lastly, a place for the prophetic, the voice of God, the specific voice of God for times and seasons and situations in our lives, in the church, but also in our community. It's his church, and he's building it, and he's choosing us to be involved Does that excite you? Does that excite you? God is calling you to get involved in his plans and his purposes for this time and for this generation. I get excited about that. I'm absolutely amazed sometimes that God even uses me. I just can't believe it sometimes. Why would he use me? And that verse which Steve shared this morning, don't throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. That was in my head as I was thinking about today, Steve. Not a self-confidence, but a confidence in God. Well, let's have that confidence grow within us because we realize that it's not about us, but it's about Him. It's about what He can do in us and through us. And it's my conviction that God is looking for new Christians, baby Christians. That's what I want more than anything else for this congregation is to see these empty seats filled up with new Christians, by the way, don't be scared of the front row. Can I encourage you to come a wee bit closer? It makes me feel better. You go so far away, okay? But also, if you come down to the front, it means that somebody who is a guest and coming in for the first time is able to find a seat at the back. Have you ever... Because I'm in early, I never experienced this. Last Sunday night, I went to a different church, and I went in. We were late. We just couldn't get there in time just because of the, the, the schedule we had. We arrived late and all we could see was a sea of heads, no seats, we couldn't see where to sit. And somebody came along and showed us, uh, they didn't show us to a seat, there were no seats. They had to put seats out for us along the back row, okay? And it was just incredible to have that welcome, to know that somebody was looking after us. We couldn't see any seats, but we just felt welcomed in that place and somebody was taking care of us. Let's move a bit further forward so that when people come in who are visitors, there's room on the back for them. That's that's an aside. Okay, that was all free of charge. Okay. As God's desire that there are new disciples developed, the lost being found and staying found and thriving, God's calling us to reach a new generation, a generation that he wants to reach. He's calling us to see new ministries birthed in this church, ministries that are reaching out, reaching around, but also the ministries which are here to be going to new levels, new levels of giving life, new levels of leadership, which involves raising the bar of leadership. And finally, new levels of unity. This is only getting stronger within me. All the time I'm thinking about this, and every time I say it from the front here, I believe that God wants to do something in this area through his church, and it will only come when his church is united. We may not have everybody, but I think God is already calling people to come together to worship, to pray, to honor God, and to see his kingdom established in this area. And I've had conversations with other people and I know that God is beginning to birth this in other people as well, that God is wanting to do something that is new, that is different, and He's going to call this church along with others to be part of that. It's His church. God is not divided. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three and one in unity. God gives us an example of perfect unity and he asks us, the church, to be united. This is why we're looking at the whole area of spiritual warfare, because we need to get to grips with this. We need to, as a church, begin to rise up in these things and grow up and see his kingdom established, his will being done in our lives, in the life of this church. She had this verse before. It's time to forget the former things. I respect my past. I respect my elders and the wonderful things that people have done. And I look back and I think, that was amazing. I can learn so much. But God is saying, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the, w- in the wasteland. But we need to be aware that our enemy, the devil, does not want any of this to happen. He'll want us to fall as soon as the klaxon goes and we we go. He'll want us to fall flat on our face. His desire is to get amongst us and to sow discord and division, to distract us from the priorities, to things that don't matter so much, and uh, perhaps even to distract us by settling down, by being comfortable. And I've been thinking about this, I remember when I was a lot younger, um, out on the street with Teen Challenge on a Friday night or a Saturday night, depending on what it was, and we would be out, we would, have, uh, we would, we would be working with the youth in the church, but we would also on top of that be out uh, once a week on the streets meeting young people who would be doing all sorts of crazy things and saying all sorts of th- crazy things, um, but we were there because there was something within us that was fearless. There was something within us that rose above comfort that said, I'm going to be out in this shaky old bus till one o'clock in the morning. And I remember driving that bus, by the way. That, that bus had no suspension, I'm convinced of it. And the seat had no suspension. And when I drove over a bumper, I used to go up in the air and come back down and land in the seat. And I'm like, oh, can we notice something about the seat? But maybe as I... And maybe some of the young people need to hear this. God is calling you to reach out to your generation to be fearless. To reach out with this incredible message of what God has done in your life. To reach out and be fearless. And to tell other people about Jesus. To be bold. And not to settle. You know, it's very easy as we get older to begin to settle down into comfort, into Oh, I'll just sit down and I'll watch the telly tonight. I'm going to sit back in my armchair, have a wee bag of crisps. Fruit pastels is my favourite, just in case you were thinking of buying me sweeties. Okay? Sitting, watching the telly, flicking the channels, not watching anything in particular. And God wants to call us out of that, to call us out of being settled. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I love relaxing, watching TV, watching a movie. We love watching movies together and stuff like that. Nothing wrong with that. But let's not get settled down into being comfortable. Because God is challenging us to live a different kind of life. Um, Eddie Lyle is the guy who leads Open Door these days. I remember he came and spoke at a pastor's gathering up in Perth. Uh, His words I will never forget. He said that the Bible was written by persecuted Christians writing to a persecuted church. It stuck with me, and I thought, what about us? What about this church? Are we getting too comfortable? Are we settling down into the routine, into the norm, where even a little thing like changing the chairs, it's like, where am I going to sit today? Where's my chair went? that's sorry i'm not being disre- i'm trying not to be disrespectful to anyone but we, we get so comfortable with the same way of doing things the same songs played from here the same kind of expectations about what god wants to do god wants to do a new and you in this church in this community and we need to be prepared to change i've not even gotten onto my message yet i'm going to run out of time for the message When it comes to faith, we need to let faith grow in our hearts. We need to feed faith, and we feed that by our relationship with God. We feed it through the Word of God, through prayer. These things which we've been talking about in the passage that we've read today, the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Taking the Bible, which can be a dry, dusty book to some, but actually taking it and reading it and allowing God to speak to us through that. And I would say again, to recall the things which God has spoken to you through the word. Margaret, I've sat in your living room and chatted with you. And you've told me about the things which are written in the flyleaf of your Bible, notes, little things which God is saying, things which you pray over. And I just think that's incredible to know that God is speaking and we take note of those things and we allow God to continue to speak and allow that seed which is in us to be watered and to grow and recall back to mind the things which God has said over us. It's very easy to forget, so easy. I forget all the time and I find myself at times having to come back to the things which God has spoken to me, the things which he has spoken into the life of this church and reminding myself of these things because we get distracted in our focus can shift and we can drift off in other directions we need to be reminded more often than we are taught you know the bible says that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free how often though we can find ourselves having known the truth and experienced freedom getting back into the old ways and getting bound up by those things and so Here I come to the message, and it's now almost time to finish the message. One of our main areas where we experience this spiritual conflict is in our minds, the battlefield of the mind. I think Joyce Meyer wrote a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. Maybe some of you have read that book. This is often where we experience conflict. This is where we experience conflict. The enemy sowing little seeds, little doubts, little lies, little fears into our minds. And it can be so subtle that we don't even realize that it's happened, which is why we need to keep coming back to the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to cleanse us. Jesus says that you're already clean through the Word which has been preached over you. We need to take it in and allow the Word to wash us clean of all the little seeds All the little thoughts and things that would distract us. What did we say about about the devil? He is the master of lies and deceptions. Let me read this passage from John chapter 8, the one that I just quoted there. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The devil will speak lies and discouragement and fear into our minds. But Jesus is saying here that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That is what sets us free ultimately. In the prophets we read that God will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Read that in Isaiah 26.3. Keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And then in the letter to the Colossians, Paul issues a warning. He says, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you from the prize such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions Colossians two eighteen. one of the primary places where we experience spiritual warfare is in the area of our minds and that's where strongholds can develop I talked about little seeds. Isn't it amazing that Jesus used analogies 2,000 years ago that we can still understand today? Who's ever planted a seed? Anybody in here ever planted a seed? I remember planting an orange seed. You'll remember that wee orange tree, yeah? And it grew up and it flourished. And for the first time, it had an orange on it. But somebody stole the orange. (laughs) stole the orange. It was just getting ripe and somebody came and stole it. Stole the fruit away. A little seed which was nurtured, watered, grew. A good thing. And it bears fruit. Everything which we sow in our lives will bear some sort of fruit. If we allow good seeds, like the Word of God, to take root in our hearts and allow them to grow and allow them to flourish, then it will produce good fruit in our lives if we allow bad seeds to get a hold then it will also produce fruit in our lives but not the type of fruit that we want it can produce fruit that makes us fearful it can produce fruit that makes us angry it can produce all sorts of negative things and Little seeds unattended are a dangerous thing. I have experienced this in my garden. There's a border which runs up the side of my driveway and it's got nice soil in it. And I'm able to take out the weeds when they're just tiny, extract them, they don't become big weeds. There's a wee season there where I didn't get the chance to do that and the weeds begin to really grow up. Able to take them out and keep it looking nice and the plants which have been planted intentionally grow and are healthy. Out the back of my house, though, the weeds were left unattended, totally. And I've mentioned this before, and I had grasses that were almost the same height as me. Just And Peter Cochran, who used to own the house before me, he was up, and he was in for a visit, and he looked out the back, and he went, you need to keep on top of the weeds out the back there. Like, Tell me about it. I know all about it. Can I just say that those weeds have been removed and it's looking a lot nicer. Lots of work still to do though. But little things left to seed and grow will produce fruit, not always fruit that we want. You know, I sound like a broken record. You've heard me say this time and time again and it's simple, simple stuff. But as I said, we need to be reminded more often than we need to be taught. Simple, simple stuff to deal with these things. You know, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called The Tipping Point. I don't know if anybody's ever read that. Interesting book. And it talks about how there can be all sorts of things happen, but situations, people can reach what's known as a tipping point. And it's at that point where it only takes a small thing to take something to the next stage. My prayer is that we come to a tipping point as a church. And we begin to move into the next stage of what God wants to do. But there's a negative connotation in that as well. You've probably heard that phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Something's left unattended in your life. And uh, it can lead to bad fruit in your life. And it only takes a small insignificant thing that somebody says or does. And you just flip You just tip over the edge and you go, wait a minute. And you say some not-so-nice things sometimes. A negative tipping point. Which is why we need to deal with the things when they're small. Maybe think a bit more about that as we go through this series. But let's remember that the things which the enemy would sow into our minds are lies. Um, John 8.44, which we quoted the other week talks about when the devil lies, he's speaking his native language. He speaks untruth over us. Have you ever believed things about yourself that weren't true? Or is it only just me? Yeah? We can begin to believe the things which are said about us that are not true. And we can begin to have a lack of confidence. Not necessarily in ourselves, but a lack of confidence even in our relationship with God who has proclaimed freedom over us? The opposite is to be too full of ourselves. Does anybody watch The Apprentice? Yeah? The guy who got fired this week, man, he was full of himself, wasn't he? He said, no, in a normal room, I am the most intelligent person there. I'm like, All right? Really? Who's been whispering lies into your head? Unbelievable. But we can go the other way as well and be so filled with pride and be deluded about ourselves. And my encouragement is that we don't have low self-esteem or be over-inflated about ourselves. But to know who God has created us to be, what he's asked us to do and what he's not asked us to do. And let's not get discouraged when somebody else can do something else better than we can. There's loads of people that can do lots of things a lot better than I can. Let's learn to work together and to be the church that God is calling us to be. I was going to share somebody's uh, story today through video, and we'll leave that for just now. Um, what I would like us to do is just to bow our heads, and, uh, and we're just going to pray, and uh, I'm going to invite the musicians to come back up uh, to, the, to the platform as well, as we're going to be uh, singing in just a little minute. What I felt God wanted to say uh, to us today is that this is a day for lifting off, a day for lifting off of burdens, maybe the things which have been sown into your life, thoughts, ideas about yourself, things which the enemy has sewed in as lies, and he wants to lift those things off. Today, God says, is a day of breaking off. Of breaking off of chains that have bound. And today is a day of redefining. Redefining who you are in Christ. A child of God. Today is a day of realization. Realizing that you are God's and He is yours and that He has a plan for your life, for the future. Psalm 32, verses 1 to 5 says this, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Father, we thank you that through Jesus these things are accomplished, that our sins are forgiven. Father, that our sins are covered. Father, that our sins are not counted against us. And Father, we do pray that today would be a day of lifting off of those things which are burdens on people's lives, that the enemy which has placed there, which the enemy has placed there. And Father, we pray that it would just be that lifting off today Father, a breaking off of chains that bind people, bind them to the past, bind them to bad habits. Father, bind them to things which are are destructive and negative. And Father, we pray for a breaking off of these things. Father, we pray that this would be a day of redefining. Father, redefining who we are as sons and daughters of the living God. Father, a day where you do a new thing. Father, a day of where we begin to understand who we are in Christ. A day where you say over people in this fellowship today, you are my child. And Father, there are just some people in here today who need to hear those words. I'm proud of you. And Father, we pray that as your children, as we come to you in prayer in this moment, that we would hear your voice over us, encouraging us, speaking words of life into us. Father, we ask that you would come by your spirit in this moment, that your Holy Spirit would speak, that your Holy Spirit would take your words That which has been shared today and father begin to cause that to root in our hearts and lives today i just want to in these closing moments of the service today invite you to stand if you say this is for me a day of lifting off a day of breaking off a day of redefining a day of a new realization. If this is a day where God is speaking to you, then I, I just want to invite you to stand, and I want to pray for you, and pray that God's purposes are accomplished in you, that you begin to walk in freedom, that you begin to walk the way that God is calling you to. And some people already standing today. If that's you, just. Stand up to your feet and we're going to pray in just a little second. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else who wants to stand while I pray this morning for a breaking off, a lifting off, a redefining, a realization today? Father, we pray for those who are standing today. Father, for those who have taken that step of faith. And Father, we do pray that by your spirit, you would come and that you bring healing, that you bring wholeness spiritually, emotionally, physically. Father, we pray that there'd be that lifting off of burdens. Father, that lifting off of weights. Father, that lifting off of negativity, which has been sown into hearts and spirits. Father, things which cause fear, Father, things which cause distress. Father, things which cause people to be angry. Father, things which cause people to be worried. Father, we pray that you'd break off these things today. Father, we pray that you'd help them through faith, through uh, raising the shield of faith to shake those things off today. Father, to know that you are their God, that you have come to give them life and life in all its fullness. Father, for some who are standing today, there needs to be that redefinition. Father, redefining who they understand themselves to be. Father, help them today to realize that they are a child of God. Father, help them today to realize that you have come for them. Father, to bring them into that relationship, that place of wholeness with you. And so, Father, we pray that there'd be that redefining today. Father, that in this week, as they open up your word, Father, that you would speak through your spirit and just show them the things which they need to learn from your word. Father, things about you. Father, things about each of us that you want to speak to us about. And Father, for everyone who's standing, Father, a realisation of the incredible love and grace which you have for us. Father, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your incredible grace. And Father, just as we thought about in the prayer meeting before the service, Father, all that Jesus has done for us. Perhaps those who are standing can just sit down for a little second again. And I just feel, before we move on, um, maybe some people in here have never accepted Jesus as their saviour. And you want to do that today. You want to say to Jesus, this is, this is what I want to do. This is my decision. I want to allow you into my life. I want to surrender and confess my sins to you. And I want to allow you to have your way in my life. And I'm just going to ask that people uh, bow their heads, close their eyes just for a second. Uh, just so that people uh, can have the privacy to uh, respond if you have never made that decision you've never invited Jesus into your heart then I pray that today you would make that decision and I'm going to ask you if you've never done that you want to do that today that you just stick up a hand and it'll just let me know to pray for you and to come and chat with you at the end if that's you today you know the Bible says that now is the day of salvation now is the day tomorrow is not guaranteed now is the day that you need to make that decision, I felt strongly as I was preparing for today that I needed to allow time for people to respond but if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus then today is the day for you to put your hand up and say I'm ready, willing my desire is to follow Jesus and if that's you, you just stick your hand up, I'm not going to spend too long in this but just give you the, the chance to do that. Father, we just thank you for your wonderful grace. We thank you for all that Jesus has done for us. And Father, we just think about all that has been achieved through your church in the last 2,000 years. Father, all from a moment where one man hung on a tree, covered in blood covered in sweat, covered in dust. And Father was able to hang on that cross and say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And Father, we are so in awe of Jesus. Father, as a man, I'm so in awe of this man called Jesus. And Father, I pray that you'd help none of us to settle, none of us to settle for comfort, comfort, Father, to respond to the challenge that you'd bring to us, Father, as men, as women, as young people in this place today. Father, Jesus has paid it all for us. We pray that boldness would rise within our hearts today. Father, that faith would rise within our hearts today. And Father, that you'd accomplish your purposes in this church. Father, we thank you that you're beginning to do new things. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to step into those things to be bold, Father, to be bold in our witnessing for you, to be bold in our prayers, to be bold in our vision, to be bold in understanding the things which you're calling us to do. Father, help us not to shrink back. Father, help us to not throw away our confidence for it will be richly Father, may your church here begin to rise and accomplish your purposes. Father, for the ministries which are already in this church, reaching out into our community, Father, we pray that they would bear much fruit That your Holy Spirit would move through them, Father. Father, just like streams in the desert. Lord, we pray that you would bring life in all its fullness. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.